Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of So Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. Well, welcome everyone to Mind Shifters Radio. I'm not sure what happened to Jeannie. She's in another part of the house. She's probably having some technical difficulties. But we are honored that you're here to join us. Today is December the 14th. Did I hear you back there, Jeannie? Yes, you do. My apologies. Oh, okay. Go for it. I figured <laughs> you probably had a little wrinkle in the technology. Actually, I was talking, but I forgot to turn me on on the switchboard. So, well, I've never done that before. <laughs> I know. It didn't work. So anyway. So I'm assuming you did the welcome. It was just in the middle of it. So you could go ahead. Okay. Well, we welcome you to the show with the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. And I'm your co-host, Jeannie Rice, along with Dr. Tim Hayes. And we welcome you to the show. Today is Monday, December the 14th. 2015. Man, the month is going by quickly. Our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions, because that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael. Yes, the month is going by quickly. We're halfway through it. And today is a very uh, special day in that... uh, Four years ago today, getting ready for her fifth journey around the sun, was our granddaughter, Adeline Nora. And so we we hold a, a place in our hearts for her to have an awesome eternal day. We celebrate eternal days in our family rather than birthdays. And avoid the word old and recognize that uh, we are making journeys around the sun, but uh, we don't have to get old while we do it. But, of course, if we've been trained that we have to get old, then, you know, that's the game that will happen. Of course, there is a certain amount of that that happens because it's structured within our structures. But that's all up for forgiveness. That's all uh, there to be removed should we choose to remove it. You know, it's interesting. In the ancient Aramaic language, the word evil, aside from the relationship it has to the word sin in Aramaic and sin the word means it's an archer turn that means off the mark and when you fired at the bullseye and you missed the bullseye the scorekeeper would yell sin if you missed the target altogether the scorekeeper would yell evil well, that's one meaning of the word it's got nothing to do with the Greek you know, evil sin idea but the other meaning that uh, is relative here is that the word also means unripened or incomplete, like a piece of fruit is incomplete. If it's hanging on the tree and it's green, it is supposed to be a nice, bright, shiny red. That that apple that's still green in 
Aramaic, they would say is evil. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with it. So we are all evil in that sense. That is, we're all in a state of becoming and none of us is finished yet. Energy is always becoming or moving in a direction according to whatever's directing it. And if we choose to direct the energy that we call our human form through aging and disease and death and suffering, then the energy field has to conform itself to that which we hold. When we begin to forgive, and remember the word forgive in Aramaic, has nothing to do with me letting you off the hook because of something that's moving in me. It has to do with me removing that which is moving in me. And so if I forgive the generational energetic patterns of aging, disease, death, and suffering, then I can ameliorate that disease and suffering process. So that's what we're here to do. Energy can't age. Energy is eternal. You know, the, from a physics point of view, we say it can neither be created nor destroyed. It's not going anywhere. It may change its form if you put a direction into it that tells it to become in the direction of disease and suffering. Then it will become. It will form itself as it's been directed to do. But energy is always taking direction. Now, we have certain directions in our structure that come from a thousand generations of not understanding that that was true. And so our becoming is always directed by something. If you're not conscious and directing your own becoming, then you'll be going by somebody else's direction. You'll notice that the world is always vying to be the determiner of your becoming. Especially, you know, we're we're settled in Florida now working on video editing and writing, and we happen to, with our Internet, get television. So we've been watching a little bit of television. And it's just, to me, so appalling how much time is spent on that tube telling you that you should be becoming in the direction of disease, death, and suffering. I mean, the pharmaceutical industry and and you look at that word, and the root of the word pharmacy is sorcery. The sorcerers, you look at that tube and start watching. Become conscious of what they're telling you about how this terrible thing's going to happen and that and the next and the next and the next. And if we buy that, then we can literally become in that direction in an instant. It's interesting. There was a, an Eastern mystic named Swami Rama. They took him into the lab at Duke University. They drew a circle on the back of his hand, and they did a skin biopsy, perfectly healthy cells. Swami Rama takes, I forget, I think it was 30 minutes to meditate, and they do another skin biopsy, and lo and behold, their skin biopsy shows cancer cells. He takes another 30 minutes of meditation, and there are nothing but healthy cells there. Your cells are continuously replicating, continuously becoming, you and I are. If we let a direction in that drives us in the direction of deterioration, we will deteriorate not because we're designed for deterioration, but because that's what's directing the becoming of our cells. You know, the Greeks did have, there's a lot that the Greeks did with the Aramaic that to me totally blew it. Don't have much respect for much of it. But there is one piece they had very powerfully and clearly. And they said, guard the portals of the mind. Watch who you intercourse with in thought. So many people conceive of such disastrous things and then when they give birth to that experience, they have no idea when or how or with whom they intercoursed in order to conceive of that result and bring it about in form. If you find yourself living the title of my book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? Giving birth to an experience over and over and over again, and, and you look at how precisely it happens. 
people who, you know, they're in, I mean, different countries, different businesses, different circumstances totally, and yet the bottom line of their lives is the same. Why is that? Because we are creators. It's interesting. If you go to the opening words in the book of John, the opening words in John do not say, in the beginning was the word and the word became flesh, as we've been told by the Greeks, it says. What it says in Aramaic is, in the beginning was the mind energy, and the mind energy became flesh. Think a thought, and it turns into literally your physiology. Now, let's roll forward about 2,000 years from the writing of that, those words, and let's listen to Bruce Lipton, a cell biologist, who tells us that when we think a thought, that thought becomes a molecule, a neuropeptide, that they can now observe that neuropeptide circulates around in the structure until it finds a cell with a receptor site that matches. The neuropeptide lands on the, the receptor site on that cell and inserts itself and shows up as chemistry in the cell, altering the function, the form of the cell. Mind energy becoming flesh. And so be careful where you go. You know, if you... If you hold a newborn child, and we've asked the question of tens of tens of thousands of people to describe their experience of the essence of a newborn, everybody's words are some variation on love. Love holds true to a thought system. The child comes into the world, and the world immediately begins to put its thumbprints on the child. I mean, you stop and look at it. Everybody you know, that, that buys into the world's thought system, if they're in the delivery room and after the, the, the doctor picks this child up by the ankles and that tissue being never been exposed or having been touched is probably about as tender as third-degree burns, with a spine that's been curled up in a little ball in the, in the womb for nine months, snaps open the spine and the child lets out a scream when it's slapped on the bottom and everybody goes, hooray, isn't this so cool? Excuse me, folks. The last time I heard a scream like that from a child, it wasn't anything to celebrate or be in delight or pleasure about. There is a thought system in the world that's based in the opposite of love, and it's called hostility and fear. And when people buy that thought system, we're actually just editing a, a new set of videos that we produced uh, over the period of the last year, and we'll be coming out with some new DVDs, and one of the, uh, the new DVDs is What is the World? And, and this is kind of the, the core of or the beginning of that discussion is – and, and, and the Course says one of the things that people are most terrified of is that their thought system will be threatened. If you bought into a thought system based in hostility and fear, and something comes along to threaten that, oh, the attack, the rage, the, the insistence that it must be the way the hostile and fearful mind thinks, people will kill over that. And it's insane. So we're here to open the space to totally and completely have every thought system based in hostility and fear totally open, totally threatened, totally dissolved. Now, when you recognize that human life is love, the creator is love, anything that is unlike that love is a lie. You know, and I don't care where you got the lie. If you're if you're in the world of science or so-called science, then the lie can be can can pretend to be and appear as science. When people buy into that game, then they get lost in the so-called scientific ideas. And the so-called scientific ideas are totally and completely a fraud. So when we are able to handle the uncomfortable feelings that come forward, 
when we're willing to go inside and let our thought system be threatened, it's going to open discomfort. There's a Buddhist nun named Pima Chodron, and she says this, we have so little tolerance for uncomfortable feelings. I'm not even talking about, she says, unpleasant outer circumstances, but that feeling in your stomach of, I don't want this to be happening. You try to escape it in some way, but if somehow you could stay present and touch the rawness of that experience, you can really learn something. And so the willingness to have the thought system threatened becomes a key in the process of awakening. And we're looking to awaken from thought systems that are totally and completely off base and not in harmony with the truth about who we are. And yes, there's discomfort to go through. There's pain, there's sadness, there's fear. It's interesting, if you listen, you you hear me every once in a while talk about Max Planck. Here's what Max Planck said. He said, science progresses not because scientists change their minds, but rather because scientists attached to erroneous views die and are replaced. Now, we could put any term in there, the theologies that are based in hostility and fear and their doctrines and their dogmas are what? A terrorizing God. Of course, it said nicely, God loves you, but you know, there's this hot place that was created because of your, your problems. It's like, that's a thought system that's just a fraud. It's just a lie. It's based in fear. And we need to begin to heal our fearful thought systems elsewise. They will be our disease and destroy us. If there's something going on in your physiology that is painful, it's because your thought system is off base. And the willingness to love truth enough to confront that thought system, thought system pardon me, and to begin its dissolution becomes of paramount importance if you're going to really truly live as a human being and shift your becoming in the direction of what you're designed to. Now, we've been taught about aging and that it has to do with time. I remember the first time I heard these words, it was medical research. This goes back, I don't know, probably 35, maybe even 40 years ago, the early days of developing this work. And I heard a speaker talking about a group called the DeCourcy Clinic in Cincinnati, a medical group who were doing research on aging. Now, this might threaten your thought system about getting old. But here's what this medical group said. Time is not toxic. Time has no effect on human tissue under any conditions. It is a belief in the effects of time by those who subscribe to such a belief that acts as a poison. So if you want to believe that because the earth revolves around the sun for 365 days that you're supposed to be getting old, then then you will become according to that thought system. And of course, we all experience, you know, I've I've been doing this work and working around this idea for decades now, and we each have deeply ingrained in every cell a thousand generations of memory and belief. And this is the work of digging up the erroneous thoughts and removing, forgiving what never belonged. That's the real work. People have thought systems that say that there's supposed to be conflict, there's supposed to be hate. We have to have war in the world because there are those bad people out there. And of course you'll notice, whoever's saying that, it's always somebody else that's a bad person even though they're the ones standing with the gun in their hands. I find it interesting that um, if you haven't seen the movie, The Lord of War, very powerful. And I understand that, and his name's not coming to me, the actor who is the main actor in that film took a pay cut in order to make the statement that this film makes, The Lord of War. And it's a story about a young man who 
is an immigrant and decides the best way to make money is to be a purveyor of weapons. And Nicholas Cage. That's what Nicholas Cage. Thank you, sweetie. I knew you'd come up there up with it. I appreciate you a lot. Thank you. Anyway, at the end of the film, of course, there are respectable countries in the world that that aren't, you know, at the the root of all the problems in the world, especially those darn terrorists. They're 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 the real problem. But it's interesting that at the end of that film, which just shows the insanity of the whole game, it points out that the six largest money-making operations in the world that are profiting billions of dollars by making implements of war are the six permanent members of the UN Security Council. Hello, is anybody home? Hello, we abhor terrorism. But the people making the weapons that create the terrorism, the people making billions, go on with impunity. What if the weapons manufacturers stopped selling, profiting from, oh, well, but you see, if that happened in my state, then there'd be unemployment. Then we'd really have trouble. Oh, really? It's like, folks, let's get our priorities straight. How bizarre is this? The six permanent members of the UN Security Council are the six countries that make billions from promoting and selling weapons of war. Maybe we need to start to look at the problem where the problem is at its root. And of course, where is the problem at its root? Well, it starts when one is in pain and thinks of or talks about somebody else as the problem. And we talked about responsibility communication the other day and our definition of denial in this work is when I think or speak as though something outside of me is causing an energy to move inside of me, then I'm living in denial. So if I think this person or that person or that person is the cause of my pain or trauma, of course, what am I going to go? I'm going to turn and attack them. That's the standard way of doing things in our culture. And the Greeks will come along and say, but just forgive them which has nothing whatsoever to do with forgiveness. It's, it's a Greek act of pardoning. But if I, if I actually begin to understand that what's inside of me is the cause of my pain, and I stop my denial, and I stop dissociating from my pain, and from a space of the active presence of, like, of love, I can embrace my pain, then what happens is this miraculous thing occurs, the world around me starts to change. If I'm in pain, my thought system's off base. I need to have my thought system challenged. And when I'm willing to have it challenged and I love truth enough to actually confront the insane parts of it and change it. Now, if you're not willing to do that, you're going to age, your body's going to deteriorate, and you're going to die. To the point that you're willing to confront those parts of your thought system that create your pain. Because whenever you put an energy into your energy system, you will experience pain. That's the only cause of pain that there is. And some of our pained experiences come from generations and generations and generations and generations of those energies. And so... You know, when they said to Yeshua, how many of these darn worksheets do we have to do? Is seven enough? You'll notice we make a suggestion that you discipline yourself, you make a commitment, and you do five a day for at least 40 days. And it isn't about this worksheet or that worksheet or that worksheet and the result you get from it. It's about the progress through deepening your contact with your own unconscious dynamics and cleaning them up creator, and as you begin to confront the insanities 
from the scientific world, from the psychological world, from the theological world, from the commercial world, from a world at war. When you start to clean those things up, then you literally go in and you are empowered to remove the things that cause your pain. When you remove the things that cause your pain, your pain goes away. Well, I did a worksheet on that. Oh, well, let's talk to Yeshua for a minute. 2,000 years ago, what did he say? When they said, is seven of these worksheets enough? Is seven times forgiveness enough? And in Aramaic, he says, nope. He says, 77 times 70. What does that mean? That means you've got to love truth enough to have your insane, pain-producing thought system so threatened that it begins to fall apart, and you may go back to that particular issue an infinite number of times until you've removed it, you've completely forgiven it, and the pain on a tissue level will disappear. So that's what we're here to support, and we're delighted and you're, we're honored that you're here to share this time with us as we roll on up to uh, to the celebration of Christmas. And you look at that word Christ Mass, if you, if you go back into the Aramaic language, the word Christ is not the name of a man. It's actually, the word actually means a direct channel to the divine. So any person who has that opening, that direct channel to the divine, has available to them the thoughts that come from the divine rather than the thoughts that come from their body's mind and their generational patterns. So this celebration that we're coming up on, this holy day, not holiday where it's about going and filling yourself with alcohol and and crap food and getting stuff, this holy day is about returning to wholeness It's about touching and opening that channel to that divine mind that is in you and allowing that mind to run your whole structure and become the source of your creative process. The pained experiences begin to disappear as we allow that to happen. There's a great deal of unconscious energy that moves in that direction through people who celebrate this season unconsciously not knowing what it's really about not knowing that it's about becoming a place inside of oneself where this higher state of being that we all started out as is reborn or reactivated in us and runs our lives and so just being aware of that with all the energy moving on the planet can be very powerful in carrying us higher and higher into that connected space where the mind of love governs us rather than the mind of hostility and fear and the the games of the family system in the world. So that's what we're here about, and uh, we hold the space that as we move toward this season, and oftentimes families coming together brings up all kinds of old thought systems of pain and turmoil, unresolved trauma. We're here to supply you with the tools and to support you using the tools that you can go to any family gathering that you like with whatever has been unresolved from the past and stand as the active space of love and resolve within yourself issue after issue after issue. Freeing yourself and your bloodline from every form of trauma. So that's what we're here to do, and we're appreciative of the fact that you're here to share this space with us. And uh, Jeannie, is Dr. Tim with us today? He is, and he's on. Great. Well, let's say hello to the young man. How are you today, Dr. Tim? I'm doing very well, thank you. I spent the last three and a half hours driving and listening to Dale Allen Hoffman's last talk the last time he was in town here and looking at words from the ancient Aramaic, the true meaning which has been so lost of the great spiritual teachers. And I was, prior to that, I listened to a talk I gave a while back where 
the primary focus on the talk was trying to get people in the audience to question their belief system, to realize that their beliefs keep them locked into a stagnant, old concept and um, keep them from becoming something different. It keeps them perpetuating what they've always had. And as you were talking earlier about the becoming and how it's driven by things on the outside and what the culture would tell us, I thought a lot about that, all those talks. So great resonance today, as usual, for the theme in your introduction. And cool. So are you saying, Dr. Tim, that our BS is the problem, our belief systems? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And the belief systems that we engage in keep us from being awake and aware and observing in the moment. They keep us living from what we think we know from our past. And then, of course, as you talked about with the mind energy, when I keep engaging in that mind energy, I keep creating the past over and over again in my life. And powerful insight. Yeah. And I I just I was thrilled to be listening again to Dale's talk. He references your work so heavily and acknowledges you as putting him on this path and then how he's worked to continually gain further insights into how everything about those teachings was meant to help us realize that we need to stay awake and aware and be alive in the moment and let the moment teach us, not have our thoughts keep us stuck, but to be open to a new experience moment after moment. And that's the only way to get advancement, to get true learning, to get instructed by the flow of life, the creative energy force, God, light, love, universe, whatever you want to call it. So I was enjoying the intro. Cool. Well, I certainly enjoy the opportunity to deliver it um, each time that I do, that uh, we have this awesome audience and group of people who are choosing to look at life differently, to think differently, to function differently than what the culture has taught them, and to be willing, you know, to stand in that space of willingness to have every thought system based in hostility and fear confronted and bring about change. It's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. I enjoy it immensely. Cool. Well, let's check in with Jeannie. Awesome. Let's we've check got in some with hands Jeannie up. and see. Yes, let's check and see. Yes, we do. We have a hand up, and I believe it's Jim, area code 417. You're on the air. Yes, you are absolutely correct. This is Evil Jim in Heartland, at Heartland. And uh, I'm happy to report that, um, uh, you know, well, first of all, Michael, the, your intro could not have been a better segue into what I wanted to to share with everybody. Uh, Are you and, telling us, uh, Jim, that you're getting riper? Exactly, I- exactly. I had I had a uh, a new level of ripeness occur, <laughs> and uh, I I am I am just absolutely just bathing in gratitude uh, for you and the work and and the opportunity and and the result. And uh, for those tell us about it. For those that heard me last week, and I'll do just a, a, a quick synopsis of that rather than give us the whole story, but uh, Michael knows very well that I have been estranged from my 45-year-old son on and off for the last 10 years, and we hadn't talked to each other at all for three years. had a two-hour conversation with him two weeks ago yesterday um, in which he went up one side of me and down the other, which is his want to do. All the things that I didn't do, mostly not what I did do, but what I didn't do, just wasn't there for him. Uh, had a conversation two days after that, and, and I was able to hold the space of love during those two hours, and I was happy and proud of that. Not not necessarily easy for me to do. He's, he knows where my buttons are. 
and I had them pretty well covered that day. Anyway, Tuesday, uh, two days later, we have a conversation, and I I lost it. Um, he, he hit a button, and I just uh, raised my voice, was angry. Uh, three days subsequent to that, I called him to apologize and own my anger, um, and I left a voicemail message for him. And then a few days after that, well, just Friday, I it just the energy, it just didn't feel like the right energy, just leaving a message. So I wanted to speak to him and apologize where I could speak to him, and he was there on the phone, not, not voicemail. And so the first five or six minutes, he went into his pattern of up one side of me and down the other. And when he was finished, I said, can I respond? And I apologized again. And he had not heard me apologize during that two-hour conversation. And I know that I did, but, you know, it's that's typical. You know, we hear what we want to hear, and we've got so much buzz going on in our head about our story that we don't listen. We listen, but we don't hear what's actually said. Anyway, uh, I was sharing with him. I said, Jim, I, I did apologize, and uh, and I owned it. And, I, and in the conversation, I said to him that I was leaving on Wednesday to drive to New Jersey to spend Christmas with my oldest daughter, his sister. And and he said, you're, you're driving to New Jersey for Christmas? I said, yeah, it's about 1,200 miles. It's going to take me two days. And there was a pause, and he said, well, he said, I'm surprised. And he said, and I'm very impressed. And I almost fell off the chair. I said, oh, my God. For him to say that to me, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, it's like giving a Heisman trophies to a guy who's been sitting on the bench all season. I just... Uh, is this really happening? Anyway, um, conversation ensued, and I told him I was going to be arriving at, at, at Trisha's on Friday. Uh, I said, Trish told me that she invited you up for a family Christmas dinner on Sunday the 20th because that's when she needs to celebrate it. And she said that you weren't sure if you were going to be there. He said, well, my stomach is off. Da -da 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 -da. Anyway, he says... You know, he said, uh, cut me Christmas party on Friday. He said, but I could come up on Saturday. And here again, I'm just absolutely in awe. I'm in amazed. Whoa. And, and, we, and, we, and we talk some more. And he says, you know, the Star Wars movie is coming out on Friday. He says, do you like Star Wars? I said, well, I've seen a couple of the movies. I said, I'm, you know, I, I like them. Oh, he says, I'm a Star Wars geek. He said, would you be interested in going to see it with me? And I'm just, is this the same? And why tell you the tone, his tone was 180 degrees the opposite of what I've experienced for the last better part of 10 years. And so and let me just jump in here. I wanted to preface my remarks by saying anybody out there that thinks that there's a relationship that's in such dire straits or in the sewer or in the toilet or wherever you however you envision it, that can't be repaired slash healed, uh, reinstated, whatever word you want to put in there, give up that false belief. Because I, I had that belief. I mean, I, I would call leave voicemail messages for him and, and, and send him texts and emails and what have you, to which he never responded, I mean, over the years. And I had a belief that, this uh, this relationship, you know, I, I I I used to say, well, it is what it is, and I said that about my relationship with Jimmy. And guess what, folks? It doesn't have to be. It is what it is. And um, well, the emotions coming up for me again. It's just... I breathe with you, James. I breathe with you. That's awesome. I mean, we've done so much work and had so many conversations around these issues. That's just a it's, fabulous, fabulous breakthrough. Wow. It's it, it's phenomenal. And, you know, like I said, I think it was on Thursday that I called. Like I said, I've, I've been waiting for uh, for the fire to go out in him, and he lit he lit a fire of love in me. And just I, I, I heard him in a different way. And 
and it really is a home game. It really is. It's all about what we do. It's all about how we approach a situation. And he's a tough customer. I mean, he's been estranged from all of his siblings at different times and also from his mom. And, but when I t- – and, oh, and in, in the you conversation might, with – You might – I'm sorry. Oh, oh. You might want to just look at the thought – which will tend to have impact, and I'm purposely interrupting the flow because your mind is is running with some of its old thoughts, but you might want to shift that thought of how tough a customer he is. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Good catch, Michael. Thank you. I I totally agree. Soften into the space of, you know, we've had our challenges, and from here on out, where I've been a tough customer, I'm willing to let it go and soften yep. and open the space yep. for him to do the same and for us to warmly approach each other, process through all the conversations, all the hate, all the rage, all the fear we've had, and end up in a loving, connected space. Because yeah, the thing I that agree. radiates from us that produces the result, no matter where somebody is, is the mind energy that comes from what we hold about them and about ourselves. I agree. Anyway, just, just, just to wrap up in my phone conversation with him, uh, we wound, <laughs> we, he, he lives in South Jersey and he's about two hours away from Trish and we wound up going online to find a, uh, an IMAX here. He's never experienced IMAX. So I, I said, well, let me check the theater. I knew where the theater was near Trish, and they were all sold out except for a show that didn't make sense for us. So I said, well, let me look around. So we hung up, and he calls me back 15 minutes later. He says, Dad, is Paramus anywhere near? I said, yeah, that's close. So we wind up online on the AMC site, and with a lot of enthusiasm, and I, I was having trouble with the computer at this end, I wound up giving him my credit card number, and he buys... I bought three tickets because I had to take my grandson with us also to IMAX for Saturday night at 7:30. And after that was complete, I mean, he was all excited. And and three different times he said, "Now he's coming up a day early to spend the day with me." It's like, are you kidding? And three different times he said, "Saturday is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a fun day." I mean, I just. I could, I could not have asked for a better Christmas present. Anyway, I'm complete. But anybody out there that has a relationship that needs work, man, this one was, from my perspective, was as deep in the hole as it gets. And I'm sure there are others out there that are worse. But for me, this was, you know, this is one of my four children. So uh, the work works, folks. The work works. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. I'm complete. That's awesome. And and somebody wants to go do Star Wars with Dad after 10 years of nothing but vile conversation. Sounds like a softie at heart to me that was covered over with a lot of pain, probably some of the same kind of pain Dad had. And as one party or the other or both parties work through that, there's an energy shift that just has to happen. It's like, you know, we say the sun comes up. Of course, that's a fantasy. The sun has never risen. The sun never has come up. We revolve around and it appears in the sky, but it doesn't come up. We say that, but as surely as the sun follows night, light follows day, follows night, when we clean up what we hold within us, based in hostility, fear, hurt, sadness, grief, rage, as surely as that is removed from us, the external expression of it has to shift and change. And that's the reason for the conscious, consistent, persistent application of the tools. Though this worksheet or that one or the next one or the last one may not seem to be earth-shattering in its results, this is what brings about the shift, is that long-term work that, Sometimes we we never know what it is that we're chipping away at until, bingo, there's a result. So, Jim, I just really am 
so delighted, so excited for you and for Jimmy. Because yeah. I guarantee on the other end of the conversation, he's been missing his daddy. So that's pretty yeah. awesome. Uh, yeah, And I want to acknowledge Dr. Tim because something that you said, Dr. Tim, a few minutes ago, uh, I believe with being able to hold space of love through through the work, and I've done I've done more worksheets on Jimmy than any anybody on the planet, obviously. Uh, but Dr. Tim, you said something before about you know when we get to question our belief systems, uh, which have been perpetuating what I've always had. Uh, I believe that holding that space of love allowed me, opened the space for me to question my belief system because it was my belief system that was getting in the way. It wasn't his behavior. It was my belief system about it. So anyway, I want to thank you, Dr. Tim. I appreciate it. And, of course, Michael and Jeannie and all those wonderful people on the support team here who uh, who just support me and we support each other and support the work and support our healing and Thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless everyone. I am complete. I couldn't be any more complete. Well, let me language that positive. I'm as complete as I could possibly be in this moment. Thank you. There you go. You sound you sounded there for a minute like Tiny Tim. And everybody be <laughs> blessed. <laughs> Sounds like a, a an apt greeting for the Christmas season. Awesome. Amen. Awesome, awesome. I celebrate with you. Congratulations. Thank you. And I shed a tear with you, too. Thank you. Did I lose the station here? No, just being silent. Just being silent with you, Jim. Oh, okay. We're here just just being in in the energy that's moving. I can feel it from here. Thank you. And I honor it. I honor it. There's a really sweet passage in The Course in Miracles that speaks about the place where ancient pain has been and where love sets a table for a feast where nothing is heard but the joyous joining of voices. (sighs) Father-son relationships are such a trauma on the earth that an opening like this changes the world energetically. You had a thought for us, Jeannie? I was just going to say that is fantastic. And we do have another hand up. Cool. Let's go for it. Let's speak to our other caller. Area code 541, you're on the air. Hello, Jeannie. Hello, Michael and Dr. Tim. It's Julie from Ashland. Julie from Ashland, Oregon? Yes, it is. Hey there. Oh, hello. Um, oh, that was so heartwarming to hear Jim's, you know, story. I guess I can call it a story, but just his report, his report on the, the current condition of his relationship with his son. I got this feeling of little boy wanting to play with his dad, just like he's so excited to get to that place of playing again. And and so the dad is too excited, and I can't, you know, I, I think of all the movies I watch that have endings that are like, oh man, they just don't get it. It's, it's, it doesn't resolve, or it resolves in a way that is just still with residual pain, and which really to me is not a resolution. But th- this is the, you know, this is a very beautiful thing, and I'm. I'm encouraged by it. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for sharing. So, the reason I'm calling also is um, I'm going through um, probably some pretty big stuff. Um, I know you know that I've been working on anger lately. And um, what's going on physically is um, a lot of pain in my jaw and teeth. 
and I'm I'm aware that um, it's like grimacing to get through um, energies that were going on between my mother and father. I know that my mom had a lot of dental pain and trauma and just so I feel like this is just this layering of what I had to deal with with their pain and um but still, my own belief systems are also layered over everything, things like um I shouldn't use fluoride um I shouldn't use medicines, you know. Um, you know, and and yet I'm at a point where I have an abscess and I have to get help, and the pain is excruciating. And these are big words, I know. Um, so I'm succumbing to, I, I think, getting some immediate assistance, which could be oral surgery, and I'm doing my worksheets. So, um. I, I, but I have this major conflict between um, healing it holistically by doing the work and healing it with the system, you know, uh, medical medical assistance. So I, I guess, Michael, I'm asking, how do I um, resolve? Okay, this uh, this is a resolution thing where I get split, and it's black and white, either or, how do I resolve these two seemingly opposed um, methods, these conflicted goals, I guess? Do you hear me? I hear you loud and clear. Thank you. And, of course, if we were at an intensive, I'd be saying the same thing to you or I will say the same thing as I would say in an intensive, and that is all of the above. Uh You use every tool that you've got. And, you know, there are times when intervention from a medical perspective is appropriate. And, you know, some of the technology and some of the things that people in the medical field have done are awesome and powerful. Now, when it's used inappropriately, where it really doesn't belong, that's when it becomes abusive. And 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 I believe there is far, far, far too much of that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you've got an abscess going on and you're in that kind of pain, could you do what it takes to handle the pain and move through it and, and heal it? Yes. But, you know, a, a comparison that I use is the person who believes, you know, I can I can move that glass sitting over there with my mind. I believe that with enough work and enough concentration that I could move that glass with my mind. But if there's water in that glass and I'm thirsty, I was given a hand to reach for it. And I might die of thirst waiting to be able to move it with my mind. So be realistic with yourself. Be realistic with yourself. And if I'm not going to uh, be able to realistically handle this, because if you let that get out of hand, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's a serious, serious place to have an infection going on for the, the whole body. And yeah. so if you let that get out of hand, that can, that can lead to some really serious consequences. There right. is, if you... Uh, if you uh, Google a set of DVDs called Alternatives to Dentistry. Excuse me. And order those, and if you're in that kind of crisis, you may not have time to do that, but long-term, you might want to watch those, and they give a lot of really powerful information about self-care and getting to the point where you handle your mouth properly and your teeth properly so that you don't end up with problems. And they do have... Uh, things like, you know, using a poultice uh, on an abscess and, you know, drawing toxins out and that sort of thing. So, of course, you have to make a choice as to what's appropriate. And it sounds like you may be in enough of a crisis that some intervention is probably appropriate. That would be my highest thought. You know, Michael, don't don't sit around waiting too long 
and not do it because you're going to be stubborn and you're going to fix it yourself. I've seen people die doing that. Yeah. Okay. I might have waited pretty much too long. I can feel it spreading, and I've heard, and I've, I've been looking at my fear about what it can do. Um, but mm-hmm. it's interesting that you know that you said solstice or something like that. You know that I feel like there's something trapped inside that can't get out. There's this elimination process mm-hmm. going to happen, and it's not finding a way out. So it's moving sideways. Instead of out, right. So, yep. okay. Well, I'll so poultice is designed to go directly on the area, and literally, it's made of of uh, herbs and such that draw and will pull it up, up through the skin and out of the body. That's what a poultice does. Actually, it was interesting. I went into a, uh, I was having a tooth issue a few a few months ago, and I went into a, uh, a traditional drugstore and I was looking for a poultice salve. And the pharmacist behind the counter, when I asked, you know, what they had, it was just mind-boggling to me. The pharmacist did not even know what the word meant, had no clue what I was even talking about, which just you know, kind of boggled my mind. But uh, but um, there are drawing salves that can be used to help. And, and again... And you're the only one who can make the call. We have to have enough knowledge for self-care. If you're in enough of a crisis, you might want to get some intervention fast. Yeah. Which it sounds like you um, might be. The thing that they've given me, too, is um, antibiotics, which um, my I had to um, go into some sort of harmonious receptivity for letting the the antibiotic medicine come into my body because I I believe it to be a poison, you know, and so so it's really strange how I'm having to accept things and go forward and keep reminding myself that I'm strong enough to overcome all of this and I can and like you said um, about the example with the mind over matter drawing the glass of water to me, I'm not there yet. I don't have that skill yet. So based on the skill that I do have, if I just apply what I, everything, all of the above that I can do, then I'll get where I get, even if I need the intervention at this moment. Right. Yes. And and antibiotic means anti-life. It is a poison. No question about it. That's how it works. It poisons the things that are multiplying because there is a weakened tissue condition that allows that multiplication to occur. You want to strengthen that tissue so that it doesn't support. You know, the, the, uh, there's an old adage that says, if you feed them, they will come. And, and basically what these organisms that are called decay organisms feed on is decay. And so uh-huh. if tissue becomes so weakened that the decay organism can take advantage of it and start to break it down. Basically, it's just eating dinner. That's all it's doing. And if you kill it off, that can be a good thing because it will stop that process, but it will also poison the tissue on another level and create another level of deterioration unless you go to the opposite side. And I think any uh, medical uh, practitioner that prescribes an antibiotic without prescribing a probiotic because antibio means, and there are literally millions, you know, if you do some study of what's called the biome, the, the millions of organisms that we need to live are killed off by those poisons. And we need right. to be replenishing the ones that we need if we're in such a crisis that it's appropriate to take an antibiotic and start to build and then start looking at what am I holding in the tissue. Like if I hold a lot of rage in my mouth, and a lot of unresolved pain, and I clench down, I stop circulation, I create tissue conditions that weaken the tissue, and there's a perfect food supply because there's deterioration that takes place. So I want to start looking at what is what is this that I don't want to say? What do I need to forgive? What do I need to deal with so I can loosen this up? I can allow full circulation to be restored to my teeth, to my gums, to my mouth, and I keep my mouth properly cleaned then you create a different condition. And if I've taken the antibiotic, then I use a good probiotic to replenish what's what's 
in the system. So, and we're down to the last few seconds, so I'm going to have to close out pretty quickly. But we could continue the conversation tomorrow. I have some other thoughts as well. And in the meantime, we just hold the space and send light to to your mouth and to your brain, to all the parts of you that need support at this point. And uh, and we offer that to everyone that is in earshot, that's listening or isn't listening to the show. We appreciate you. Create the best year yet of your eternal life. Jim, again, congratulations. Blessings. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael Rice and his wife, Jeannie, who present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. Michael and Jeannie are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.yagain.com. That's www.whyagain.com.